3: Before we get started, please rate and review our show. It helps people find us. And stay tuned after today's episode for an introduction to another podcast we think you'll like, Choosing Sides F1. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, NFL training camps are underway, which means it's time to start prepping for fantasy football. We've got you covered on today's show. It's our fantasy football primer with SI experts, Jennifer Piacenti and Michael Fabiano. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. Jennifer Piacente and Michael Fabiano, welcome to Sports Illustrated Weekly.
2: Thanks for having us. Glad
3: to be on. This is wonderful. I'm very excited to have both of you to talk. About fantasy football, training camps are upon us, which means fantasy football research begins in earnest. Mm -hmm. I have paid exactly zero attention in the offseason, which is why I'm glad you two are here. You guys put together an incredible fantasy football draft kit. I highly recommend people check it out on SI.com. Ton of information in it. Uh, Where should people start?
2: Oh, you should start at si.com slash fantasy. But the most important thing to know about the fantasy football draft kit is that it's a living draft kit. So it's going to change every single day. Every single day, there's going to be updates and we're going to be keeping you on top of all the news and Michael Fabiano's rankings might change. Um, He may hear something in camp that changes how he feels about a quarterback running back and you're going to get sleepers bust. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fresh and new every day. So keep, get, get a hold of that.
0: Yeah. They will change. They, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> they will change. That's why we have you guys on early.
0: I like how Jen called it a living
3: yeah. draft kit. Like it's got a pulse and a heartbeat. This thing is right. alive. It's a uh, Frankenstein's monster that you guys have assembled, <laughs> but much more useful. So you mentioned the rankings, Jen. Fabs, uh, for both of you, actually, who's number one on the big board? Who, who are you taking first? Jonathan Taylor's the
0: consensus number one guy. Let's hope he works out better than Chris McCaffrey did last year yeah. as the consensus number one overall pick. A guy's coming off of a 1,800-plus rushing yard season, led the league in rushing yards, had 20 touchdowns. Uh, Regression's going to come somewhat. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to have that many scores. But young guy behind a good offensive line with an improved quarterback and Matt Ryan under center, the veteran, I think he's going to do very well. I I would not see a scenario outside of an injury where he'd fall out of the top three or five running backs this upcoming Mm -hmm. season.
3: Who are you a little bit worried about in terms of regression or maybe being overrated in the first round? There's there's a lot of regression candidates, Jen. Yeah, there are. A, a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you.
0: You can probably look at the top five players who are likely to be picked, and all of them would have some level of regression in terms of the guys who actually played a full season.
2: I mean, do you think that Cooper Cup is really going to catch 2,000 yards again? I mean, is that possible?
0: Derrick Henry was on pace for like 2,000 rushing yards. yards? Not going to happen again. Austin Eckler had 20 touchdowns. We love you, Austin. We do. Probably not going to happen again. He'd probably admit it. He he doesn't want it to happen again. He got too many touches last (laughs) season. I interviewed him.
2: And to that note, I, I, I do kind of want to address the Christian McCaffrey thing because that's a debate that comes up because he's often going number two. And then in some drafts, early drafts, he's going, you know, pick 11, pick 12. And I understand why people feel there's a lot of risk there because he hasn't given us a full season for the complete two seasons. But I just want to throw out there that Christian McCaffrey is someone I believe is taking uh, is worth taking a risk on in the first round and even early because when Christian McCaffrey does play, he is one of the most predictable Productive players for your fantasy team. Unlike someone like Saquon Barkley, right? Who's had a similar story where he hasn't given us a full season, super, super talented. But when Saquon would play, he'd kind of give you like meh performances. But what? Are yep. you not starting Saquon? So you don't replace him. With CMC, at least you know, okay, he's out. There's replacement value there. You can get his handcuff to go in there. And anytime you're starting CMC, you can pretty much count on a 20 plus point PPR game. So that is kind kind of a risk I'm willing to take. And so I still like him early first round, but there is a lot of debate out there about that. And he, on the other hand, not a regression candidate. More likely you're going to get that ceiling that we haven't seen in a couple seasons.
3: We're mere moments into this recording. I'm enjoying it. But all I'm hearing from you guys is whoever I'm going to pick is going to be bad, right? Like I'm going to pick the wrong guy. <laughs> no, not bad. Not bad going at to all. Fall off but just him. think about it.
0: You're, you're picking guys who in many cases, are coming off of career years. So regression yeah. is, is, is imminent. It's going to happen. It just depends on what level. And is it possible for one of those five guys we just mentioned to not even be a top 10 player in his position? Sure. I mean, stuff happens in the NFL all the time. But based on what we saw last year, the ceiling's pretty high. And so when you hit that floor, that floor is, much better than a lot of players in the league. So you're not so worried about a guy completely falling off the table.
2: And that's such a great point, the way you put it, Fabiana. When you're drafting those early-round guys, you're drafting them for a floor. You think that they're dependable. And then you take shots later with these high ceilings. Like, you know, if someone had taken Robbie Anderson two seasons ago, that would have been a huge payoff. And he was absolutely free at the end of your draft. You know, so things like that. So you take those solid floor players and everyone that we have ranked in our top 10 lists are people we believe have a very solid floor. So they're not just going to completely bust on you.
3: All right. So of that group then, in your mind, who's the safest pick? Jonathan Taylor.
2: Jonathan
3: Taylor. All right. Accepting Jonathan Taylor because everybody agrees that he's (laughs) the consensus number one. Let's take him off the board. I want somebody who I know, look, maybe he's not popping every single week, but he's going to give me a solid return on investment. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, because running backs tend to get banged up a lot more than wide receivers. All right. I like Cooper Cup. That's a good one. Uh, Every year, somebody in your draft will end up reaching for somebody, right? Whether it's a Mm -hmm. a specific player or a specific position group. What's a position group that listeners should maybe wait on until later in the draft? Maybe some uh, position that's deeper than some of the others.
0: Well, if you're in a traditional one quarterback league, it's quarterback. Uh, I've been waiting on quarterbacks forever, and I still end up with good quarterbacks, right? I remember one year I got Matt Ryan late and he was bananas good. Carson Wentz uh, a, a few years ago when he tore up his knee against the Rams. Before that, he was QB five. You got him late. Remember when Patrick Mahomes broke out and Lamar Jackson broke out? Those guys were not top 50 overall picks. It I happens, got
2: Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Dak like,
0: Prescott. It happens all the time. That position and also I think tight end because tight ends got you got know, five or six guys that you feel good about. And that, after that, you're like, uh, okay, maybe. And of course, you know, it's Kelsey, it's Andrews, and even Andrews. Andrews is going to regress. There's no way he's going for 1,300 yards and double digit touchdowns again. I'd be shocked. Waller could regress a little bit because you got Devontae Adams there, uh, George Kittle as well, uh, and Kyle Pitts. Those guys are the ones that you draft and you're going to be plugging them in every single week. But there's also guys outside of the top eight and even as deep as the mid teens where, like, they could potentially be top 12 guys. Like, for example, Noah Fant. Pat Fryermuth, Herb Smith. Albert Okawabunam. Right, exactly. So quarterback and tight end typically are the two positions that you're going to be able to wait on and still get some very productive options there in the middle to late rounds.
3: I like that strategy. I've I've long been a devotee of that strategy. And you mentioned, Fabs, some of those guys who... Uh, we maybe weren't on our radar who ended up, ended up popping and becoming top tier at those positions. What about for the rookies or who's on your radar for somebody who might have a big first year, like say a Jamar chase did.
2: I don't know if there is anyone that's in line for a big rookie year, like Jamar chase. I don't (laughs) see it either. Or Justin Jefferson uh, amongst this class, but there are a few people you can make the argument for. Uh, a lot of people like Chris Olave over in um, in New Orleans, uh, just because there's opportunity. Traylon Burks is one I like uh, because we don't know if Robert Woods will be ready for the first week of the season, so he has a pathway to opportunity. Uh, There's certainly Christian Watson, you know, Aaron Rodgers is without uh, Devonte Adams, so there's a lot of targets to go around. Of course. Problem is Aaron Rodgers kind of likes his guys. I don't know if he's gonna immediately take to Christian Watson. So those are three, uh, Drake London. I mean, there are arguments for a lot of guys. There are arguments for Brees Hall, maybe even Kenneth Walker. Who knows? James Cook. But none of them to me are obvious. There's mm. no obvious smash.
0: Right. Like Brees Hall is gonna be the first rookie picked across the board. And he's gonna be in a committee with Michael Carter. He'll be the lead right. in the committee, but he'll be in a committee. Drake London probably is at wide receiver the best fantasy option? Because who are their wide receivers right now? Oh, Brian Edwards and who else? Auden Tate, right. So he should problem fall into is Marcus
2: Mariota is throwing in the ball. So
0: there's just not that guy. Like when, for example, we saw Najee Harris get picked by the Steelers. Oh, perfect fit. They need a running back. They've got weapons all over the place, and he performed. There
3: just isn't that player. So a lot of variables. With the rookies i like to see where the rookies land and try to forecast uh who might be good in what situation but fit matters so much and i'm also curious about fit for players who are on new teams who you guys think will you know veterans not rookies who you think might be good fits in new situations and keep in mind uh that you're talking to a native philadelphian and i'm very excited about say aj brown so if you want to say aj brown uh curry favor with the host it's up to you (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, um, uh, sorry, John, I'm not going there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I mean, just, listen, I love A.J. Brown as a player. I don't too. like the situation.
3: Okay, Unless it's, it's July, so let's not dash I, my hopes completely already.
2: It's good news for Jalen Hurts, though. I think Jalen Hurts goes yeah, up. It's yep. just that A.J. Brown's kind of lateral. So overall, it's a positive.
3: All right, in the non AJ Brown, non Eagles camp category, <laughs> then while I while I uh, dry my <laughs> eyes from the tears that you guys brought out, who else do you like? New new faces and new places.
2: I mean, my f- my first instinct here is Russ Wilson. Yeah. Um, Right. I love him with Nathaniel Hackett, who completely unlocked Aaron Rodgers, right? We saw Aaron Rodgers like resurrect his career and end up the MVP. And now he, he's got Russ, and Russ is excited. He's got amazing weapons: Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. I mean, he's completely stacked out there. He's got a new lease on life, you know. And Fabs and I did a video this morning. He's in Fabs' top 10 quarterbacks, and that's ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott. So I think it is a really good, exciting situation. I'm very, excited about wrestling. And
0: I'm a Cowboys fan, by the way, and putting an eagle ahead of any cowboy hurts uh, <laughs> my
3: heart. If I had known that ahead of time, Jen would be the only one on this show right now. It would just oh, be uh, me oh. and Jen. But I
2: got bad news for you. I'm a Cowboys fan, too.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Who, <laughs> I don't know who booked this show, but they did a terrible job. Cancel. We're going to fire all of our producers. Uh, well, the, the, the thing about the free agents
0: uh, and the trades, a lot of the scenarios went backwards went sideways when Devonte went to L- uh, las vegas don't like it not not that he's not going to be good he's not going to put up the numbers he put up in green bay tyree kill I-, I can't even say that Tua yeah, is not good because i don't that. know but he's not going to put up the same numbers that was the that was the trade i hated the most that trade stunk no matter what unless you're tua it's stunk for Tyreek. Yeah. It's stunk for Jalen Waddle. It's stunk for Mike Kosicki. It's stunk for everybody in fantasy yeah. except for Tua. And who knows if Tua's even gonna make good on all the weapons uh that you know that he has. So uh, some of these situations. Noah fan goes to uh, Seattle. Okay, that's good for him. But now who's the quarterback? Drew Locke? Gino? And that was the problem with the offseason.
2: Maybe Jimmy G.
0: Gave me Jimmy G. I I drafted him in Scott Fishbowl as my third QB. I'd love to see him get traded somewhere that'll actually start. So, yeah, I mean, I think when you you look at those moves, not many of them were actually, like, uber-wow
4: fantasy-friendly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
3: From just a very general macro uh, strategy perspective, when you're looking at wide receivers, is there a specific metric that you like above others to like during the season? uh, Is there one number or two numbers that you're looking at beyond all the others?
0: Without getting super technical, obviously the first one is targets. Like I want the guy to actually have opportunities, but also, also average depth of target is big. How... How far is the quarterback throwing the ball downfield to these guys? Because the farther downfield, they're throwing the ball, the more yards, the more yards, the more fantasy points. And then you also want to look at red zone usage too. How many opportunities are my guys getting inside the
3: red zone where they can give me six? All right. A couple more for you guys. Again, let's keep it macro 30,000 feet. What's uh, say one mistake that you see maybe the average fantasy football player repeating?
2: I mean, the first thing I would say is we kind of already addressed it is taking a quarterback too early in your draft. Yeah. And I understand why, because quarterbacks are who we focus on. But you, you, there are so many good ones. I mean, let's talk about how stacked it is this year: Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's up there. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, I mean, look how many I just rattled off. And if you're in a 12 team league, yeah. you can go to like pick 13 and still get you know. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, potentially, depending on your league. Maybe Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, who are all in really good situations. So what you have to think about is positional scarcity. So we were talking about the tight end earlier. We were talking about, hey, you can wait. But the other option is, instead, you could take one of those top guys, Travis Kelsey or, you know, a Darren Waller or somebody and say, instead, I'm going to dominate this category and I'm going to take that early because it's a scarce category. Quarterback is not a scarce category. So you can definitely wait. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make.
0: Well, first off, the biggest mistake that people are making is uh, if they're not going to SI.com slash fantasy. Uh, oh, because because then yes. you're you're I'm already you're you're already making a, a a big blunder there. But <laughs> as it pertains to drafting, make sure that you're you're going into the draft like prepared. You're not going in there and when you get to the tenth or eleventh round, oh, well, I know this guy. He was good four years ago. I'll draft him. Like you don't want to do that. You want to be forward thinking, and you also don't want to draft names just for the sake of drafting names. Like Michael Thomas is a big name. He's done nothing in two years. And we don't know what he's gonna be yeah. this season. Don't draft guys based on name value because that oftentimes is gonna hurt you. I don't I don't want to say don't draft with your heart because that's part of the fun of fantasy. Like as a Cowboys fan, if I get CeeDee Lamb or if I get Dak or if I get Zeke or Schultz, listen, it makes makes it more fun. But don't don't go overboard with it, okay? If you are an Eagles fan, for example, like our friend John, you know, don't draft Dallas Goddard
3: over Travis Kelsey. It's not a smart move. So this is all good advice from you guys. You mentioned being prepared for the later rounds. Last one for you guys. Everybody likes a sleeper. Give me a good sleeper uh, that we should be, or maybe you have a couple, but give people somebody that you are looking out for in the later (laughs) rounds. So when you talk about sleepers, I don't know that there are
0: sleepers anymore. I don't think they exist. because. Everybody knows about everybody these days.
3: Let's let's rephrase it as uh, less less valued. Who will overperform? There you go. Draft now
0: that's what I'm talking about, right there. there I like go. that. So uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a few. Kenneth Walker. I he's being drafted ahead of the other Seahawks running backs, but you can get him probably in the sixth or seventh round. I like Elijah Moore for the Jets. Uh, Russell Gage is a good sleeper for the Buccaneers. If Chris Godwin can't play at the beginning of the year, I really like Alan Lazard. I mean, and then you could go even deeper. Like, you can, you can go into, like, the Kadarius Tonys of the world. Even though, much like you hate the Cowboys, I am not the biggest fan of the New York Giants, being from the tri-state area rooting for the Cowboys. Fair enough. That's something
3: we can bond over. Jen, uh, who's on your, on your radar?
2: I'll give you a few. At the quarterback position, my favorite sleeper quarterback, if you will, is Matt Ryan. I mean, we've got a guy who's thrown for 4,000 plus yards in 10 of his 14 NFL seasons, and now he's going to a team where he's actually going to get protection, right? Good Frank Reich system for him, and the fact that Jonathan Taylor is there means he's going to have some opportunities. People are going to be worried about Jonathan Taylor. I I love it. I like his weapons. I think it's going to be really, really nice for Matt Ryan. He's coming off the board as the 20th quarterback right now, which is where he finished last season. Well, Carson Wentz finishes like the QB 14 through for 3,500 yards. That's was Carson Wentz. You don't think Matt Ryan can do better. So that's just a draft day value that, that I love. Another guy, Rondell Moore. We know Dander Hopkins is going to be suspended for nearly half the season. Um, Christian Kirk is gone. We saw Rondell Moore go for like 186 yards across his first two games. And then they kind of went away from him because Christian Kirk was settling in. They had Hopkins and they had A.J. Green. But Rondell Moore is the young stud. And I think he's a guy that could be a very good late pick potentially. And then finally, I'll give you a tight end because we're talking about dirty tight ends. Why not Robert Tunyon? Okay, I know it's gross, but he's going to be your last pick. And we know that Aaron Rodgers two seasons Take ago- Take that, Robert Tunyon. I mean, I mean, he's awesome. I shouldn't say that. Robert's probably listening to this podcast right now. He's got, he's
0: got those long flowing locks. Like he's a handsome guy.
2: I mean, do you remember how long it was until we learned to say his name correctly? Bro, like Robert Tanyan. And then we found out his name rhymes with Funyan. Felt terrible.
3: I'm not a huge junk food fan, but I do like this advice on fantasy football players. This was excellent. Uh, also excellent. Read their extensive fantasy football draft kit on si.com. Here at SI Weekly, they're tied atop our big boards. They're one and two. I won't say which one of you is one, which one of you is two, but we take you both very highly. Jennifer Piacenti and Michael Fabiano, thank you for this. Thank you. Number one, Piacente is
0: always number one
3: in my heart. Aw. Thanks for listening and a reminder to please rate and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jessica Yarmoski, Jordan Rizzieri, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producer is Dan Bloom. Our acting senior producer is Harry Swartout. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. And if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this
0: Funyuns, right? Which, by the way, those are gross. Do you guys like Funyuns? You ever eat a Funyun?
2: No, no.
3: They're gross. And now, check out a sample of the new podcast from SI Studios and iHeartRadio, Choosing Sides, F1, with Michael Costa of The Daily Show and someone who really knows all about F1. Journalist Lily Herman, ready? Ready.
4: Cool. <clears throat> Michael, what do you know about Formula One racing?
6: Um, I do know the name Michael Schumacher.
4: Oh, that's because, more than I knew I, coming yeah. into F one. Yeah,
6: because when I was a kid, there was the trivia of who's the highest paid athlete in the world, mm. and it was a trap to get you to say like Michael Jordan, and it was this guy I never heard of named Michael Schumacher.
4: A different Michael.
6: I know it's a car race.
4: So I I do feel a little bit like Bill Hader's iconic Saturday Night Live sketch, Stefan. Uh, The sport really has everything. So you've got people who are willingly hurtling themselves in carbon fiber death traps uh, at over 200 miles an hour.
6: And a big fire there as they exit. Turn three.
4: Literal experienced... and actual Nigerian prince scams. Maybe we don't look the gift horse in the mouth and we just accept what they've given us. An angry Italian team boss who's uh, resorted to posing with children's playground toys to get money for his team. And he's like, This is not a fing kindergarten. You have got
5: tragedy. I'm stuck. It makes for incredible drama. This is what you get
4: with this. You have name-calling. What a
6: Mudslinging,
4: sometimes literal punch-throwing. You have triumph, you have fashion. It is like watching Real Housewives if the Real Housewives were driving at 300 kilometers an hour and occasionally catching on fire. And you have everything in between.
1: The highs are very high. Uh, The lows feel so incredibly bad.
6: Uh, Okay, Lily, thank you spicy, sounds zesty, sounds exciting, sounds high speed. I have no connection. I have no reason to support some Swiss millionaire who's driving this car. You know what I mean? There isn't, I I need some ownership over somebody, a team, a car, and that's missing. Maybe if I can connect with some team or a person, or there's a story that I that resonates with me. Now I'm rooting for these people. Does that make sense?
4: Well, have I got a podcast for you? Holy
6: <laughs> <laughs> From iHeartRadio and Sports Illustrated Studios, this is oh, yeah. Choosing Sides.
1: F one. Wow.
3: There's a link to Choosing Sides F1 in our show notes, and you can find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts.